Ephesians chapter number 6. We're going to start with verse number 10, and we're going to read down through verse number 20. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again that we're able to meet with you here this morning. Lord, I thank you for our health and our, our ability to be able to make it here. Lord, we know that there's many this morning that would love to be in your house that are not able to be. And Lord, we're thankful that we're able to be here this morning. Lord, it is my greatest prayer this morning that you would work in the hearts of your people. Lord, that you would soften our hearts. Uh, have us to listen, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit be able to work in our hearts. Lord, you know that I'm not able to preach this message out of my own strength or out of my own might, Lord. But I pray that you would do that for me and that you would have that work to be done. Lord, we ask again that you would be with our pastor this morning. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Uh, it, you know, whenever you're working in ministry, um, there's sometimes that you can kind of see a direction that the Lord is going in something. And, and uh, I've noticed a lot of folks this morning came to me, and, and uh, I wasn't able to be there due to work, but said that they had a really good senior saints on Friday and uh, wanted to sing Stand Up for Jesus and wanted to stand up this morning while we read the Word of God. And uh, when Brother Toby called me this morning and told me what was going on and asked me, uh, the Lord laid on my heart this passage um, of being a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it kind of seems like that is just the direction right now that the Lord is going here at Walridge with our church. Uh, let me say that we're at a time uh, in America, a time in our community, a time in this world that Christians must stand up to be soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there are too many churches that are soft on sin and big on entertainment. Um, I want it to be said of our church and of our people uh, that we're big on the Bible, uh, that we're big on seeing souls saved and doing that old work. You know, they call it old-fashioned. I call it old-fashioned. I just like seeing people saved. I like worshiping the Lord, singing praises to Him, being able to attend church. So I want to preach this morning on being a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look with me, uh, the Bible tells us here in, in chapter number 6, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of His might. The first thing that it tells us is that we must be strong in the Lord. I want us to talk just a couple minutes over, being, uh, over the duty of being uh, one of Christ's soldiers. Our responsibility. You know, 
Not everybody is called to be a, a preacher, and not everybody is called to be a missionary, and not everybody is called to sing in the choir or to be a piano player or to, to go uh, uh, to do one ministry or the other. But we all have certain obligations just as being a child of God, certain duties that we must fulfill being a child of God. Um, and I want to talk just a couple minutes over some of those things. The first thing it tells us is to be strong in the Lord. Uh, we ought to be strong in our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, this morning in Sunday school with our young people, uh, I, I was teaching them and I was talking to them about how there's so many churches, Not and this isn't a new thing, this has been going on for, for decades and decades, but there's lots of churches that the extent of the people uh, that are in those churches, their Christian life is simply getting up, uh, getting dressed, going to church that Sunday morning, going home and doing it again the next week. And that is the extent of their Christian life. That is the extent of their fellowship, uh, of their relationship that they have with the Lord. They don't work on it. They don't grow it. They don't build it. But I have to say the first thing that we have to do, our first responsibility as a Christian is to make sure that our relationship on a daily basis with the Lord is as strong as it can absolutely be. Uh, we ought to be waking up each morning, asking God what God would have us to do, seeking His will for our life in that day before we seek any other things. Uh, listen, I'm human just like anybody else. I wake up in the morning and I worry sometimes about work. Uh, I worry about what might happen at work, what I need to do at work to be fast and to be efficient. Uh, but let me say that that's just the devil's distractions. Uh, that's just Satan trying to get in there and get us focused on other things. The first thing that we ought to do when we wake up in the morning is we ought to ask the Lord, Lord, what opportunity are you going to put before me this morning? What, what are you going to, uh, what is it that you would have me to do? Who is the person that you would have me uh, to talk to today, to give the gospel to today? Uh, we ought to ask the Lord to give us those opportunities. So we ought to be strong in our personal relationship uh, with the Lord. But let me also say that the Bible tells us that we ought to be strong in the power of His might. Um, I am not capable of doing anything out of my own out of my own power, strength, ability. I'm not even that strong. I can't do anything on my own. It is all within the power of God to do His work. I'm just the vessel to be used. There's not. If, listen, if I could go through and like Benny Hinn and smack young people on the head and get them saved, that's all you'd see me do as I walk through the church just smacking people on the head. All I can do is give them the gospel, teach them the truth, preach to them what God lays on my heart, and ask God to do that work within their heart. That's why we're so big on uh, trying to encourage all of you. As you come into church, pray before you come into church. Ask the Lord to keep your heart soft and not callous, uh, not hard to the things of, of, of what He may uh, give you that morning, but to keep it to where the Holy Spirit can talk to you and can help you uh, to grow in the Lord and to be strong in the power of His might. We as Christian people, listen, the Lord, He... He wants to do a great work in this community, in this neighborhood, uh, and in Knoxville. Uh, he wants to do that, and He's willing to do that. Bible, it tells us that it's His will that not any should perish. So where, And God is, is unchanging and hasn't changed. So why are we not seeing people saved like we used to see people saved? It's because of me, because of us. Because we are not doing what God expects us to do as Christian people. We're not fulfilling those duties and we're not relying on the strength of the Lord. We're, we're going through the motions. We're bringing our Bible. We're, uh, we're saying amen when we ought to say amen. We're showing up for this. We're showing up for that. Everything looks right on the outside, but things may not necessarily be right on the inside. And listen to me. I'm not saying that you've got sin in your life. 
I'm not talking about some kind of wicked sin going on. I'm simply saying that if we're not intending every single day to live for the Lord to, uh, as, as fully as we are able to, then we're not doing what God wants us to do. Have you ever been amazed by God, something God's done? God ever done something you didn't expect, and it happened simply because you were walking within His will? You know, God will do that all the time if we'll always do what God wants us to do. He'll do it all the time. So it tells us to be strong in the Lord, to be strong in the power of His might. It says that we ought to be prepared. What should we be prepared for? We ought to be prepared to do anything God asks of us at any moment. Can I just give you my heart here for just a second? And and, uh, I'll just be a little bit transparent here. Uh, When the Lord called me into ministry, um, you know, I actually did not want to be in the ministry. Um, I didn't want to preach. Uh, I didn't have a problem going to church, and I didn't have a problem working with young people. But there was something about that title, preacher, that that I just I thought, Lord, I'll do it all. I just don't want to be called a preacher. I just didn't want to have that label because I knew once you've got it, you've got it. And the Lord, He He stayed on me, and He stayed on me. And finally, I gave in to what the Lord wanted me to do and told the Lord I'd, I'd preach and I'd do whatever He wanted me to, wherever He wanted me to. But listen, that's not just for the preacher. That's for every Christian. We ought to be ready at any moment to do whatever God would have us to do anywhere. If we're at the grocery store and the Lord says, Hey, you see that lady picking up that bag of flour? Talk to her. Ask her if she goes to church anywhere. So many people, sometimes our young people, will ask, we'll get in a discussion, and they'll say, I've got so-and-so I know that goes to school, and uh, you know, I don't know the best way to talk to them, or you know, how could I deal with this? Listen, one of the best things you can do is just start leaning a direction towards church, just church in general. Ask them if they attend somewhere. Tell them where you go. Then start talking about the Lord and invite them to church. Or if the Lord opens up that opportunity more, give them the gospel. Ask them if they've ever been saved. See if you can win this person to Christ. The Lord will still save people you run into randomly in the middle of the day or in the workplace if you're willing to give them the gospel. But so oftentimes we're afraid or we, uh, we're ashamed or uh, we just don't want to do that because we're afraid of the no or the response that we'll get from that. But the Bible says that we ought to be in, in, uh, instant in season and out. We ought to be ready all the time to do whatever the Lord would have us do whenever He would have us do it. If the Lord called on you today, let me let me talk to just some of you folks that are in more of the golden age years, as they say. If you're here this morning, it's because God intends uh, for you to do something with your life still. Uh, if you're still with us, then you've still got work with us. Uh, the Lord, listen, uh, there, uh, there was a man uh, by the last name of Mueller... Uh, that desired his entire life uh, to be a missionary and to travel and to give the gospel to people. Um, George Mueller uh, was his name. And he wanted to go out and he wanted to give the gospel. He wanted to be a missionary. And God called him uh, into working uh, with little kids. And he had a foster home. Uh, and God did m- many, many, many marvelous works in that man's ministry. And you know, it wasn't until he was in his 70s the Lord sent him into the mission field. Now, isn't that unheard of today? But people were willing back then. Are you still willing today to do what the Lord would have you to do if it be that extreme? We ought to be. We ought to not be so comfortable with what we have around us, with our homes and our jobs and our cars. And we ought to be Christ-focused and heaven-focused and think about those things instead of thinking about the temporal things so much. So we ought to be prepared for that. And we also, it's our duty to know the enemy. 
You know, Satan despises each and every one of us. And if the Lord would let him, he'd take our life today at this very moment, right now. Uh, we ought to thank God for that, that he loves us so much that he won't let Satan do that. But we have to know that Satan, he is our enemy. And he does have your number. And the more that you step in uh, to do God's work, the more he's going to put pressure on you. I don't think that it's any coincidence this morning that our pastor's at the hospital with his wife. Uh, He's about to go on vacation. I think Satan's trying to discourage him. I think he's trying to bring him down. I don't think it's any coincidence that at this point is when he has to go and preach a funeral of one of his young people. How difficult would it have to be to preach the funeral of a young person that used to be in your youth group right before you try to go enjoy yourself on vacation? Uh, Listen, Satan will do anything that he can to try to bring you down. Uh, Spurgeon said... uh, uh, if, the, if the fire of Satan, if you're able to, uh, to put that out through victory in Jesus Christ, uh, still you need to be prepared. Satan's not gone. He's just gone to get more wood and start another fire in your life. We ought to be prepared all the time to know that Satan is wanting to, to destroy us and to hurt us. And he'll do it in any way that he can. And his focus is to be able to uh, bother us enough or distract us enough so we can be of no effect in the lives of other people. Uh, can I tell you... I was saved when I was 13, uh, grew up going to church, uh, got out of God's will for a short time in my life. And as I started to get back in church, you know the first thing that, uh, that Satan bothered me with? It was the assurance of my salvation. And I struggled with it and struggled with it and struggled with it. And, you know, I came to the realization through the help of the Lord and through prayer that Satan was distracting me because as long as I was focused on me, I couldn't be focused on anybody else. I couldn't tell anybody else about Christ if I didn't know myself for sure if I was saved. And so my eyes were taken off of Christ and and leading lost people to Him and focused more on myself and uh, being fearful in my own life of not being sure of my salvation. And so we have to be aware, we have to be, uh, keep our eyes open, knowing that at any point Satan's trying to use these things to fight against us. Um, and also we have to know the purpose of this. It's our duty to know why all of these things are important. It's so that we can withstand evil and so that we can be fully equipped to do what God would have us to do. Um, I, I can't say it enough. I say it to our young people a lot. My wife, uh, Rachel, she says all the time, you're, you, sometimes you're just repetitive. And I say, well, sometimes I just want to sink in. <laughs> you know, I can't express enough, and, and I won't linger out long. I can't express enough. God has something very specific for your life, and you ought to seek that every single day. So moving on, my second point, we, we know the duty of Christ's soldier, but now let's look at the armor of Christ's soldier. Uh, looking, uh, looking down, it says, "...to have on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth." Now, if you look back at, in, into this time, uh, time period and the, uh, the uh, soldiers, what they would wear and the armor that they would put on, uh, the girdle piece or the belt piece was the piece that, that went around the rest of the armor. And I like this. It held the rest of it together. It kept it all held down from falling off and from falling apart. Uh, the first thing that we have to have as our armor is we have to stand on the basis of knowing whatever this world may say, however Satan may try to distract us or discourage us or bring us down, that this is, in fact, truth. 
that this is the Word of God. That regardless of what uh, certain people may say, uh, what you see on television or hear on the radio, what's taught in schools or this or that, that the Word of God still stands true, that it still changes the lives of people, and we ought to be firmly set on that truth in our hearts and in this church. And it ought to be unchanging that the truth of God is what we stand on. We ought to have that. That ought to, as it says, the loins girt about. That ought to fasten everything else that we do coming together. Uh, why do we have Vacation Bible School? Because we want to give young people truth. Why do we have a camp? We want to give young people truth. Why do we preach the Word of God? We want to tell every person that walks through that door truth. Uh, why do we sing praises to God? Because the things that we sing are true. It's wonderful and it's truth. So our loins ought to be girt about with truth. Now, it says, secondly, that we ought to have on the breastplate of righteousness. Um, Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Let me say something about the breastplate. Uh, The breastplate was very important because it protected more on the body than any other piece of armor. Um, You know, and it was the most visible piece of armor. It was the largest piece. As you know, people pay attention to the life that you live publicly. They're watching you. And they're watching to see if the life that you live is a life of righteousness as you claim that it is. Or if it's just something else besides that. We have a testimony that we must be mindful of. Uh, I've had people, and listen, anything that I... Sometimes they say, well, preachers ought not ever say anything about their own experience. I don't live a life of nobody else. I don't know what else to give you other than my own experience. But I don't say this in any way to, to say anything about me. But the Lord has blessed me and helped me to grow. And it has blessed my heart to have people at certain times come to me and say, can I talk to you about something that's going on? Uh, you're the only person that I know that I work with that might understand. That, that's a blessing. And like I said, I'm not in any way lifting myself up. I'm just simply saying we as Christians ought to stand out publicly. We ought to be the person that people rely on. We ought to be the person that people say, well, I I can go to that person because they live a life of righteousness. This is a time I feel that I need God in my life. I can go to them and maybe they can help me. Maybe they can tell me more about God or lead me to a way of help. There's your inroad and there's your opportunity again. We ought to stand out so that people can see that visibly in our life. Uh, Not just the breastplate of righteousness. It says to have your feet shod with the preparation uh, of the gospel of peace. Um, To have the feet shod was to have the feet equipped or to have them ready. Um, You know, this right here, y'all don't mind me holding up the Bible a bunch, do you? I just like to do it. We ought to be familiar with this. We ought to be ready at any time to open this up and to be able to show somebody how to be saved. If you're a Christian and not, and not able to do that, that's the first thing you all work on. You ought to be able to tell other people how to become born again. You ought to be able... Now, I'm not saying you have to uh, be able to memorize every single scripture and be able to, to uh, quote every single thing, but listen, you ought to be able to take a Bible and to show somebody how to be saved and to be ready to do that. Um, that is something that we ought to be equipped and ready for. But also, to be uh, equipped, we have to be... Uh, walking in a way, uh, to have our feet ready or to have our feet equipped, we ought to be uh, walking in a way that expresses Christ to others. We spoke in Sunday school last week about the uh, salt of the earth and and the light of the world, and and we ought to be like that. Um, It says also to take the shield of faith. It says, uh, 
It says in verse number 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Um, it says in this one, above all, above anything else, to have the shield of faith. Now think about this. Think about the purpose of a shield. The purpose of a shield is for defense. The purpose of a shield is for protection. Uh, like I said, Satan, he's after us. He's throwing fiery darts at us. He's seeing what he can do to hurt us. The shield was used uh, to protect. Uh, the shield was not used for anything other than defense. In other words, here's, here's our Christian life that we have. We can defend ourselves with that shield, but we're not making ground with just the shield. But we stand, we stand firm with where we are. Whenever you turn on the television and everybody in the entire world seems like they support homosexuality, we still hold up the shield of faith. And we say that God still says it's wrong and we believe that it's wrong. We, we want those people to come uh, to the love and salvation of Jesus Christ, but it doesn't change the fact that it's wrong. And we will not stand by it and will not support it. Um, not just the homosexuality, but any of these things. When it comes to, uh, there's so many churches now that have become soft on uh, social drinking, use of alcohol. Uh, we do not support that here and will not support that here. We, again, hold up the shield of faith and we defend ourselves to say, this is what the Word of God says. Uh, the shield of faith is kind of like a reflection of the Word of God, and we'll get there in a second. But it's our, it is our preparation to keep ourselves defended against uh, what Satan would do. It says next to take the helmet of salvation. Take on the helmet of salvation. You know, out of this, uh, out of this armor that these soldiers would put on back in this time, the helmet was the last piece to go on. Uh, it was the last, they would put everything else on, then before battle, they would put their helmet on. Um, let me say that when we get up each and every single day and we get ready uh, to start our day, we ought to be reminded of how good God is to us. We ought to be assured again in our salvation, knowing that no matter what happens to us in this day, that we're still born again. That if all else failed, that God still loves us, that Christ still died for us, and that if, if we go to meet the Lord today, then we just go to meet the Lord. People, many people live discouraged lives because they don't, they don't allow the Lord to, to bless them and. I believe it's okay for us to get excited about being saved. Uh, I believe it's okay for us to be uh, excited about the things that God does in our lives. And, and we ought to start our day, uh, the last thing we do before we go out the door, thanking the Lord for those things and putting those things uh, in our life. Let me also say, the helmet is in a way, it protects the head, protects the mind. Um, the assurance of our salvation, and we're reminded in our salvation at times of temptation. Um, everyone is tempted. We all go through different kinds of temptation, things the Lord or that Satan may put in our lives to try to distract us. Uh, but being assured of our salvation helps us in times of temptation. It also helps us in times of doubt. Have you ever? Has God ever started to do something in, in your life and you think, Lord, I just don't know that that's really what's going to be best. I don't understand why you're doing that. I don't. I don't understand why this is going on. But we ought to remember and be assured that if he's able to save such a wretched person, he's able to fulfill his will within our life. He's able to take care of us and make the right decisions. And we ought to be reminded in that that the, that the Lord, he's got everything taken, taken care of. He's got everything under control. But also during times of tribulation, it helps us. 
during times of, of difficulty of uh, maybe losing a loved one or maybe uh, losing a job or maybe not being able to pay a bill or just some kind of heartache in our life and when we don't understand it and we don't understand why it's going on, we're assured then. Uh, and also with worry. You know, I think Brother Toby has said before that worrying is like uh, po- pointing your finger in God's face and saying, I don't trust you. Uh, but we ought to remember that God, He loves us. He's taking care of us. We don't have anything to truly worry about. Uh, isn't that a wonderful thing, that we don't really have anything in this world that we have to actually worry about? The Lord, He's got it taken care of. It says here also, uh, the sword of the Spirit, uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, the, the shield, it was our defense, but the sword is the offense. It's how we move forward and it's how we gain ground. I hope that Walridge uh, grows in time. Now, I, I'm not too concerned. as I'm not a numbers guy like some churches are. Um, but I do hope that we see people saved and more people come into our church and God's will fulfilled more throughout, uh, throughout our church. It, we gain ground solely through using the sword, which is the Word of God. Uh, You can have arguments with people. It's not going to help. You can try to have certain debates about this or that. It's not going to help. The most powerful thing that you can do when discussing eternal matters with another person is give them specific and direct quotes of Scripture. That is what makes the difference... uh, in their heart, because by doing that, God's able to work within their hearts and convict them and to show them. In other words, your words don't do a whole lot. God's words do an awful lot in the life of somebody. Um, the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter number 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It is the sword that makes the difference and the sword that helps us uh, to gain ground. Uh, Now, looking back at this armor, I want us to make note and then we'll move on. If you miss one piece of this armor, then you're vulnerable. If a soldier was missing his helmet, his head was vulnerable. If he was missing the breastplate of righteousness, his vitals were vulnerable. If he didn't have a sword, then he had no way to make ground. And if he didn't have a shield, he didn't have any way to protect himself. What I'm saying is you and your life, and this is between you and God, but look at this ought to ask yourself, do I have each of these pieces of armor in my life? Maybe you've got everything in the world right, but, uh, but you're struggling with having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Maybe you struggle with telling people the gospel. Or maybe you uh, have everything ready and you, and you have your sword, but at certain times you struggle defending your faith. You struggle having faith in what the Lord's doing in your life. We have to have all these pieces in place if we're going to be effective soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. So then this brings us to my last point. We know uh, the duty of the soldier. Uh, we know the armor of the soldier. But now let's look at fighting the battle. This is all for a purpose. This all comes down to something that we're trying to do here. We're ultimately trying to fight the battle. Look at verse 18. It says, Praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Uh, the first thing that we ought to do to fight is pray. I know, Sunday morning crowd, surely everybody knows a little something about praying. I think, and I've even heard somebody say regarding preaching, uh, they rather have preachers that prayed more than they studied. Um, now, I don't know if that's true. I think a little bit of both is good. Um, but I do think there's something to be said about prayer. You know, prayer does a lot, and it's probably one of the most unused tools of Christian people. Because praying can be hard. Uh, we have a direct... I, I, again, I use our young people as an example... Uh, I tell them all the time, 
wouldn't you think it'd be neat if, if you could talk to so-and-so celebrity? Lord, let's hope you probably don't get that excited about it. But let's, wouldn't it be neat if you could talk with, uh, with a, pol- a certain politician or a certain king or a certain queen and be able to say you spoke to so-and-so? But what it is to be able to talk with Almighty God, to go directly to Him, to be able to cast upon Him every care and every worry and every concern and talk to God and let God handle these matters. Let God deal with these things. Uh, we ought to pray uh, for our church. We ought to pray uh, for our church people. Um, the Bible says that we ought to pray without ceasing, um, but it also says to watch with perseverance um, and supplication in the Spirit uh, and uh, watching there too with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. We ought to remember one another in this battle. Um, we pray for Brother Toby, uh, but I hope we pray for one another. You know, I, I, I don't think that our church really struggles with that. I think that we have a very close-knit, tight family uh, here at Wall Ridge, and I, even closer than some churches that I have been to. Uh, but let me encourage you this morning and just remind you how important and how much certain people in this room depend on the prayers of other people. Uh, we have great struggles in our lives, and oftentimes we need to share that burden with others and ask for others to help us in that and to pray for us and to help us. So we ought to pray with all prayer and supplication, uh, supplication for all saints, but we ought to also speak boldly the gospel. And this is where uh, things start to, people start to sit down a little bit. People don't mind praying privately in their home and talking to the Lord about certain matters, but for some reason Christians just seem to be so shy about sharing the gospel. But let me tell you, that is what it is to fight this battle. If you want to see God do work, we're going to have to give the gospel to people. And it's not just the youth pastor and the pastor's job. It's everybody's job. We ought to be going out, and, and we've got opportunities. We've got senior saints, of course. We've also got men's visitation on Tuesday. We offer all different ways that people can go out and to, uh, to try to give the gospel to other people and to bring them in. You know, I, I think that it would do us good to make a point. And if you do, praise the Lord. That's wonderful that you do. But if you don't, listen to me. I think it'd be good if each of us prayed regularly, maybe weekly. You could pray daily if you wanted to. Asking the Lord, Lord, I want my focus to be a specific somebody this week that you put in my life. Make their heart ready. Soften it. Let, it be, uh, let me be able to give the words that they need. And let me invite that person to church. Let me tell that person about Jesus Christ. Let me try to witness that person and let that person get saved. You know, I truly believe that if we as a church prayed regularly, individually, asking God to do those things, I believe we'd see people saved. I believe we'd see people come through the doors of this church. And I believe that we would see Walridge continue to grow even more so than it has been lately. It's up to each of us individually. All of it can. So wrapping it up, here's the big picture. We're in a great battle today. When we go back out these doors, uh, we're going back out into, uh, you could say, the mission field. We're going back out into a place where people uh, didn't get up and go to church this morning, where people didn't amen any preachers, where people didn't sing any praises to the Lord, where people don't even want to hear about those things. But can I tell you, you were once in that state, and somebody loved you enough to give you the gospel, so we ought to be willing to go out and to give the gospel today. And this week, we ought to be able to go out and to share that, and we ought to be ready to fight this battle.